cheer ye up. Type that into Google and you'll find 80 things to cheer you up. Cheer ye up. We've all been there. That downward spiral that feels like mud and is almost impossible to free ourselves from mentally. The main thing you have to do is acknowledge that something is wrong and then address it. So here are 80 things to cheer you up the next time you lose yourself to negative speak. I'm not going to read all 80 of these. All right, but here are the best ones. According to Google, write a gratitude list. Spend time with a pet. Call an old friend. Cry and let it all out. Take a full-blown break from the world. Take a power nap. Ask for help. Go to church. Well, see, you're already doing one of those things. Buy yourself your favorite childhood cereal and eat a full bowl. Listen to your favorite music. Now, that one has its own list on Google. Don't Worry, Be Happy by Bobby McFerrin. Here Comes the Sun by The Beatles. Good Vibrations by The Beach Boys. And Oh, What a Beautiful Morning from Oklahoma. Would you like me to sing it to you? As well as a whole bunch of songs you've never heard of. But then you could just listen to Jesus and let Him Cheer ye up. Here's how he says it in the original language, according to John. <clears throat> I have spoken to you that in me, y'all may have peace in the world. Y'all have distress, but cheer ye up. I have overcome the world. That's what he says. Tharsita is the Greek word for be of good courage. Take heart. That's what it means. That's what Jesus says. Take heart, be of good courage. For I have overcome the world, he says, and we need to take more heart, don't we? Because it can be easy to lose heart. To lose heart in your faith, in the church, with each other, and ourselves. In the natural world, a farmer goes out and plows his field, plants seeds, and when he checks a couple of weeks later, there are little green plants poking up through the dirt. In our church and faith world, however, we can keep doing the right things for months, even years, and come away wondering, is this making any difference? We lose heart when our fellow Christians don't say things and do things the way we want them to go. We lose heart when we encounter opposition from others. Not to mention, the devil is at opposition with us every moment of the day. He certainly wants us to lose heart in everything Jesus has done for us and given us. But these are everyday realities of the Christian life. You know that. They're real. <clears throat> Another pastor shared with me recently about his experience with a church anniversary a long time ago. It was a milestone anniversary celebration at his church somewhere in the Midwest, and they were doing it up big. Uh, they had lots going on, and a guest preacher, uh, a district president and such. And a few minutes before the, the big service, you know, all hell was breaking loose. Somebody had forgotten to arrange the nursery to be staffed, and so there were kids running around screaming. 
The acolytes didn't show up on time. The service folder wasn't right. There were mistakes everywhere. And my colleague says to the honored guest pastor, I'm sorry, it's just such a zoo around here. And the guest pastor said, it's real. Yeah, the church is real. It feels like a zoo sometimes. We have constitutions and bylaws and policy manuals for this and that to, so as to run the church in good order. But sin gets in the way of the best laid plans and things seem more like chaos instead of order. Anytime we try to move in a positive direction, there's going to be opposition. Opposition from the evil foe and opposition from each other. But Jesus says to take heart. Is that a command? You know, like, suck it up and take heart. You know, quit moping around and be of good courage. Well, if it were all up to us, perhaps. But Jesus says he has overcome the world, meaning we haven't and can't. We definitely can't overcome the devil on our own. But because Jesus has succeeded in dealing with the evil trinity of sin, death, and Satan, we have overcome them through him. And that's good news. But it gets better. The Apostle John, in a letter he wrote later in his life, follows up what Jesus said before he died and was resurrected. John says to all Christians everywhere, y'all of God, this is in the original language again, uh, the Greek word for you all is like saying y'all, y'all of God are little children. You have overcome them, them being people who are in the spirit of the Antichrist. You have overcome them false prophets and deceivers and such, we have overcome them because greater is the one in you than the one in the world. God's Holy Spirit who lives in you is greater than the devil and all his antichrists. But there's more. We can say the same thing Jesus said to his disciples to each other. This is how Luke puts it in the original language from our reading in Acts. And from Antioch and Iconium, Jews came upon the scene, and persuading the crowds and stoning Paul, dragged him outside of the city, supposing him to have died. But as the disciples surrounded him, rising up, he went into the city, and the next morning he went forth with Barnabas to Derbe, and evangelizing that city, and having made many disciples, strongly encouraging to continue in the faith, and that through many afflictions, it is fit for us to enter into the kingdom of God. Take heart. I say that to you, and you can say that to someone else under any trial and affliction. But what if your Christian brother or sister encourages you to take heart, and you say or think, I just can't. I can't. The secular world would say, yes, you can. You can do it. A psychologist might respond, what I hear you saying is, I'm comfortable with the way I am, and I'm not willing to change. But Jesus says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. What does it mean that Christ has overcome the world? Did he 
overcome obstacles in life. You know, like Walt Disney overcame being raised in poverty. Like Abraham Lincoln overcame chronic depression. Like Helen Keller overcame loss of sight and hearing. Well, in a way, but more. Walt Disney never forgot where he came from. Abraham Lincoln was able to make it through a day of work as the President of the United States, but he still had depression. And Helen Keller remained blind and deaf, even though she was able to communicate. Little victories, not total. But Jesus dealt with the obstacles of our sin in a completely victorious way. He utterly conquered it on the cross when He died to pay sin's price on your behalf. That's what He means when He says He has overcome the world. When He said that the first time to His disciples, He was preparing to depart this world. And He knew there were difficult days ahead for them. He wanted His disciples to be ready for the obstacles they would face, like the Jews who were constantly after them. Hard-headedness from the Gentiles. False prophets who would infiltrate their fellowship and drive people apart. The Romans, prison, torture, the sword, you name it. The disciples were not going to be able to de uh, depend on themselves to survive that stuff. Instead, they were going to have to rely completely on Jesus. And everything that He had taught them and the spirit that He would give to them as the helper they would end up not going astray because of those words, take heart, I have overcome the world. What has He overcome for us? What has He dealt with victoriously other than our sin? War, anxiety, hatred and persecution, sin and temptation, the spiritual forces of darkness, sorrow and death. Those who believe in Jesus Christ don't have to live with anxious hearts, but can experience the gift of His peace. We can bring every situation to Him in prayer and depend wholly on Him to answer. His peace goes beyond all confusion, fear, and anxiety of this world, like a shield set over our mind and hearts as we live secure in Jesus Christ. That's called sanctification. You've probably heard that before. Christ's victory over the world does not physically remove us from the battle. We can and will face the same hatred Jesus did. He said, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of, this wor out of the world. That's why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. We overcome the world because we belong to God. His spirit lives in us and is greater than the one who is in the world. The devil. Paul asked the new Christians in Rome, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? 
he answers his own question with a resounding no. By no means. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Jesus Christ, who loves us. Temptation to sin continues to be part of our lives, but Christ gives us victory over sin. Before salvation, the Bible says we lived like we were dead in disobedience and sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. We used to follow only the passions and inclinations of our sinful nature. But God is so rich in mercy, and He loves us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gives us life when He raised, his, uh, when he raised Christ from the dead. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Christ makes it fit for us so that we overcome the world in Him. And He gives us the right to sit with Him on His heavenly throne at the right hand of God the Father. We're not sitting there yet physically, but we will. We've got one foot there already. There in our eternal home on the new earth, we will live forever in His presence. Look, God's home is now among His people. He will live with them, and they will be His people. God Himself will be with them. That's you and me. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. So cheer ye up. Take heart. Jesus Christ has overcome the world. Amen.